Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. And, uh, so, again, we got the tables back here. In just a few minutes, we're going to release you and ask you to just take some time, not to be in a hurry. Just those three tables that we've got. We've got a few other uh, of the partners that got their tables up ahead of time. And uh, so just the, each of those ministry teams will be at that table. You can ask them questions. You can pray for them today. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Just to come up to them, pray for them. So imagine, you guys, if what it was like during the, the times of Jesus. You know, Rome was dominating uh, and had dominated the Mediterranean and all the nations, the subject, subjugated nations, including Israel. They, they ruled them with an iron fist. That was the time in which Jesus came. There was a remnant of, of the people of God, a shell of what they once were, but now they're broken and thoroughly in need of a savior. The times were ruthless. Any Roman soldier considered service in Judea a bottom-of-the-barrel tour of duty, and they considered it a hellhole, without question, a place where careers would go to die. So there was this murderous, ruthless rebellion that was taking place, and the leaders, both secular and religious, were heartless and selfish, having no thought for the suffering of the masses, none. And because they had this puppet king, King Herod, who was taxing the poor far beyond their abilities to pay, there resulted a far-ranging suffering and bitterness. This is what Jesus came into. This was the world that the, the Son of God, the hope of the world, came into this. He came to it teaching such things as love your enemies. Serve those who hate you and abuse you. Think about that. He taught, trust God with your future and don't worry or be anxious about anything. Think about that. He did not pr uh, promote rebellion or vengeance, but love and peace. In the midst of all that, that's what this great man, the Son of God, was teaching. The greatest shock came from whom Jesus was led to reach. Now catch this list. He reached for prostitutes, thieving tax collectors, crooked businessmen, simple fishermen, the poor, the diseased, and demon-possessed. This is who the Son of God spent his time ministering to, loving, reaching for. And what, uh, excuse me, and now he says to us, now go and do the same thing. Our challenge as a church is to keep the main thing the main thing. And what is that main thing? To understand that the church exists to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And what ministry is that? To reach people all over the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. The only hope that there is to this, this madness we call humanity. And to help them live as Jesus taught. And how are we going to get there? This is going to require focus, people. This is going to take us making the main thing the main thing. Keeping our vision tight, understanding intentional planning, living, giving, sending, praying, building, teaching, loving some more, and doing these over and over and over again. That's how we get this job done. And the task, as I described, is not done until Jesus comes again. 
This month is more than just a missions month, as you might think, or just a giving month. This is a month for refocusing on what we should be thankful for. That's why we chose November to do this, because we know that's a month of Thanksgiving, and when we kind of include, a lot of times we only focus on what we're thankful for as a family, which is okay. That's wonderful. But it should include so much more for those who may not be able to be thankful because of the darkness that they encounter every single day. So a month of refocusing and how we're to show that gratitude with a recommitment to the kingdom of God that Jesus preached. So here is my guarantee, if I could be so bold to say that. When you seek first his kingdom in your life, God will care for you in ways that you can't even imagine. You can't. That God will come in. When we make the main thing our main thing, God says, I will make sure you have everything you need, not only for what you've been called to do, but your own personal life. And I dare to say that there is, that, that there is a percentage of Christians who've yet to really experience that. I've learned and I've seen the hand of God this year in ways that I've never really seen before. I've watched God work in your life. I've heard the testimonies and heard your stories. I shouldn't be amazed, but I still am. I still am. Our theme this month is reach together. So it's not just about reaching. We can't do this one by one. That's not teamwork. Teamwork is when we come together. Christ said, you know, we can put to flight a thousand by ourselves, but when we get together in unity, when we pull together in faith and prayer, we can put to flight tens of thousands. Amen? We can do some amazing things. And it doesn't matter what size the congregation is. It doesn't matter what our experience is and what we necessarily bring to the table. All God needs is a humble servant. All God needs is an available Christian. All he needs is someone who will, just like Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. And in many cases, God often chose the least among us. That's not saying, you know, I'm not trying to say much about myself, but there it is, right? So I Four quick things are gonna, that, that, that needs to happen to make this all happen is, number one, guys, we've got to take our place. We've got to take our place on the team. We can't, can't be like sometimes we would do when we were young guys. You know, during a game, we might find ourselves goofing off and staring at the girls up there in the, you know, up on the, the, the stands, and the coach has to hit us upside the head. What are you doing? Keep your head in the game. You know? We have to do that. We get distracted by so many things, whether it be our own personal issues or whether it be things that are going on in the world. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take much. It's squirrel time for most of us. And God says, keep the main thing the main thing. And it requires focus. We got to take our place. Take a step forward toward what you have been anointed to do. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 reminds us that each one of us have been gifted, gifted by God himself. You may not even know what that gift is. I encourage you to find it. And if you know what it is, perhaps it's time for you to, to, to brush off the dust and get back to doing what God has called you to do for his glory. In this month, I, I challenge you to take one step forward, at least one. Perhaps it'll be many. Number two, step out. Step out in faith. Get out of your comfort zone, folks. If not now, when? If not now, when? 
when it comes to what's going on, a lot of us can give ideas. Many of us can put down plans. Many of us can sit around the table and say what I would do. We could all say what ministries would create if, 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 if they would just do this, this, and this, things would really happen. But what are you doing? What kind of steps have you taken? How have you joined in the effort? How have you given of your time, your money, your love, your focus, your prayers to help this thing move along? We've got to get out of our comfort zone, folks. We absolutely have to get out of it. And you know what? We all have a bit of a comfort zone. I've got one. And it's those places that God is waiting for us, just outside that comfort zone, that God is ready to do something new, something fresh, something alive to stir up in us a fresh faith that gives us oh, a gratitude and love and peace and joy. It's a place, a flood zone, if you will. I mean, you can see it in the eyes of all of these folks as they talk about each of them have stepped out of their comfort zone to do what they're doing. Did you see it? And with, what did God meet with them? Joy. Tears. Maybe a sense of, of, of uh, over, being overwhelmed. But isn't that where God really meets us? When we step out beyond our comfort zone, God says, I've been waiting for you out here. Number three, stand with your kin. Stand with your kin. There is power in numbers. I already said that. And we know where the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered. But God says there is a special anointing in Ephesians. The whole book is about this, but especially the first three chapters talks about how we have been as a church, as a church, been given everything we need to make this happen. If we don't associate with our kin, with our family, if we don't associate with the church of the living God, and, and, and if you're just being loners and you're just walking out there, but yet you just say, I'm a Christian, but you're not saying I'm a part of the church, then you're missing something incredibly powerful in your life. We need each other. We've got to have each other's back. There are some of us that have different kinds of gifts that will accentuate that will bring forth with a greater power and energy with what we have. And they don't really come together. They don't really, they don't really chemically produce what they're supposed to produce until those two gifts are really rocking and rolling together. And that's the church, my friends. That is the church. And there are so many people who I think misunderstand the church. I need to do a whole series on it. For some of you, I know it'll bore the mess out of you, but you know what? It is the most powerful truth on the planet. Jesus hasn't given up on the church. He is what he, it's what he died for. It is where he has reserved his anointing to flow through. It is the apple of his eye. It is what God is doing on the earth through his church. God's people. Now, I don't know what your experience has been, as, as, as some have shared. Debbie, Debbie shared that some have had a bad experience with church. You know, there's nothing I can do about that. Not a thing I can do. I can apologize. I can do a Daniel prayer. I can apologize on, all, on behalf of all of the failed churches. But you know what? Doing rather than that, I'd rather get doing what I know is the church. Doing my best. Partnering with you. You know, I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Can we just make mistakes and forgive one another together and keep driving on? You know? I'd rather be faulted for doing what's right than not doing a daggone thing and then complaining about carpet and walls and buildings and hairdos and holes in your jeans and hair. Uh, anyway, it goes on and on. Let's make the main thing the main thing. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Well, that's how we get to it. 
we have got to stand with one another. And then finally, we've got to give what God shows us to give. You know, at the very end of the month, we're going to do that. On the 19th, we're going to, we're going to take a pledge. Pledge of our time, pledge of our money. We've got a budget. We put it before God. We prayed over it. We asked this people, what do you need? This thing has been done systematically. In the fear of God, and over the watchful eyes of, of the elders and of you, we're putting it to you. These are the people that God has brought to us. These are their needs. We put it together. We're just going to say, okay, let's all commit. What can we give over the next year? That's all in the ATK material. If you didn't get one, we have those brochures set up. Grab it. Find out what it takes to become a person of faith. And so it's all in there and detailed. And I'm going to ask you to, you know, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 7, he says, everyone should give what they've determined in their heart beforehand to what to give. So that's what we're doing. Over the next two weeks, we're going to, and well, three in, in particular, you're going to pray. You're going to say, okay, Lord, wh what can I do? You know, everybody can drop, you know, a few coins in the plate, maybe even a $5 bill. But I ask God to change, you to go to God and say, what more can you do through me above and beyond my tithe, above and beyond what I normally have to use to live on? I'm asking you to make me a conduit of the miracle supply. Folks, when you ask God to do it, I've seen this over and over and over again. So be praying. Step up. Ask God, how can he use you in both your time, your energy, and your resources to help us expand the kingdom of God with the partners that have been joined to us over the next year? Amen? I need you to pray. I need you to ask God. All I do is I'm only appointing you to him. All right? And I have a funny feeling. I have a great feeling by 35 years of experience, that he's ready to talk to you and say, I'm glad you asked because I'm ready to call you into the game. I'm ready to help you help yourself become a part of the kingdom of God the way I've called you to. Amen? So this Saturday, we actually have a chance to do some outreach, and I'm excited about this. We, we thought that during the month that maybe what we should do is have a practical local outreach and do some creative things we can get out there. I mean, so it's one thing for me to say, hey, let's get out of your comfort zone, and everybody say, amen. <laughs> then walk right back out there into your comfort zone. Your comfort car, your 72 degrees, environmentally set vehicle, right? No, 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 no. Next Saturday, I'm asking you to come, and I want you to be here. Time, is it 10 o'clock? Nine? Nine o'clock. You'll be here at nine o'clock. We have several creative outreach things we're going to do. It's not just going to be one outreach thing. We're going to be doing several different. So we're going to break up in teams. You're going to take a few hours. You're going to do that together. And then we're going to come back here, tell of what God did, and we're going to have lunch for you. Chick-fil-A is going to su su supply it. So, yeah, we're going to have chicken. I mean, church and chicken. Don't they go together? Anyway, I actually believe there's a restaurant called Church's Chicken. I got to tell you a funny story about that one time. But anyway, no, not enough time. All right. So uh, we're going to have what we call our Reach Together event that's coming up this Saturday, and we've organized many different outreach activities for you. And then again, come back, share stories, and eat together. Now, I want to share with you a quick testimony. I want to finish up with this. This is so neat how God does and encourages us. You know, I've been in ministry for a lot of years, as you know. And over the many, many years, I've poured out time. There have been, there have been moments where I have just worked myself down to a nub to serve. 
And those who've known me over the years, whether it be in Fayetteville or here, you just, you, you're just pressing in. And as a pastor, one of the things that you, you, you have to realize, and for these partners, is much of what you're going to, in the way of reward, will not come here. Okay? You rarely get anybody that ever comes up and says thank you. You rarely, even though what a blessing this October has been, thank you so much for your cards and letters and hugs and, and gifts that for this pastor's appreciation. And I think, you know, that was, that was wonderful that you, you did that. But when it comes to real, those times of real fruit, when you just feel like you were just sowing, and, and, and you, in, in other words, to just see some of the things that you guys shared with us this morning, that just real breakthroughs. So this past week, I think God knew what was on my heart, and he, and he wanted to encourage all of us. So many years ago, it's got to have been, what, Andrea, 20, it was before Meredith was born. So we're going to, it's about 25 years ago. So Andrew and I were young ministers, and we were in a neighborhood living in a small home. I think we've only been married about five or six years. We were wanting to have children, weren't having children. It was just like, okay, well, we're just going to focus on ministry. And I remember going out and working in my little yard, and, and there was these two little boys, little Hispanic boys. And it was Carlos, and, and we used to call him uh, Armando, yeah. And so I think they were like seven and ten years old. And they would come bursting through the neighborhood. They'd see me out working in the yard, and I'd smile at them. And after a while, they got to realize, you know, I was a friendly guy. So they would come up to me, and they would, we'd talk, and, they'd, you know, and I would try to use a little bit of the Spanish I knew, and, and we had a great time just playing. And then uh, Armando, he wanted to borrow my bike, and I was like, okay, go for it. So he'd ride it racing through the neighborhood and then pull it in, and I got to know the boys, and we just kind of hung out there. And I remember one day the time came. And I sat down, and I, and I looked at him. We were just kind of sitting out there in the yard, and Andrea and I were talking with them often. And one day, and, and Armando, Armando, he was very outspoken and really kind of uh, just vivacious in his personality. And uh, always smiling, big, huge smile on his face. And, and, but his brother Carlos was always really quiet, and he kind of seemed to be embarrassed by his younger brother and all the antics that he was always pulling off. So they're out there in the yard, and I remember we were out there in the front driveway, and I just, it was the moment. And I shared the gospel with these two young boys. I remember I went right through it, just right down, and I said, guys, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? And they both said yes. So I prayed for them to give their lives to Christ. But it was one of those things where it was just kind of very simple, kind of one and done. They went on. Andrew and I moved very shortly after that out into the country. And I never heard a word from these boys until this past week. Would you guys put that picture up there for me? <laughs> that is Carlos, the oldest boy. Randy Fahrenholtz, some of you know him, was in a small group in Fuquay And this young man and his wife came walking into their small group. And Randy and Carlos began talking and Carlos began to share and say, yeah, there was this young pastor that shared the gospel with me many, many years ago. And he said, yeah, I think he went to Manna Church. And, and he goes, and I never, never ever found out what happened to him. And Randy is, and Randy is a very good friend of mine. I'm a close friend. And Randy was like, young pastor, lived an offing drive. Wait a minute, that's David Schmaltz. And he goes, that's his name. So Randy texted me last Saturday night or whenever it was, and he just said, David, you're not going to believe this, but Carlos is standing here, and he says, you led him to Christ. Now, here's what tops all over for me. 
He's a stinking missionary. He's a missionary, people. And he's, he's sharing the gospel. And I'm just going, Lord, that's what it is about. And that's what I've needed in my life from time to time. That you see a face that I would only probably see in heaven. But I got a, I got a glimpse. And I connected with him and I just said, Carlos, I'm so excited for you. I said, where in the heck are you going? Because I'm helping you pay the way, baby. I'm going to be a part of that. To sow into this man's life. So anyway, in the light of all that, I just wanted to share with that with you. I was so busting because it actually happened a week or two ago. And so I want to encourage you. When you go out and you share, it may seem like you're not doing much. You're just sharing the gospel and a little child who just kind of looks at you, kind of shakes his head and drives on and rides his bike. You don't know what lives are being changed. And not only just their life, but the hundreds, if not thousands of lives will be changed through them. This Saturday, we're going to do it. This Saturday, we're going to do it. I want to encourage you to come. Amen. Stand up with me this morning.